Hey there, and welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Timberlake Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our mission is to reach, feed, and release people to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You can learn more at our website, TimberlakeUMC.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. My name is Erin Colbert. My favorite people here at Timberlake call me Miss Erin. Today's uh, scripture is 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you're doing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Spiritual mentoring is a lot like planting a garden. There's water, there's seeds, and a whole lot of patience. It's a lifelong commitment. In the children's storybook, Frog and Toad Together, written by Arnold Abel, there is a story called The Garden. Toad sees Frog's beautiful garden and decides that he too would like to have a garden like Frog's. Frog tells Toad that a garden is a lot of hard work and gives Toad some flowers to plant. After Toad plants the seeds, he He quickly wants the seeds to start growing. And when they do not do so immediately, Toad puts his head close to the ground and says loudly, now seeds start growing. But this does not work. So Toad puts his head even closer to the ground and shouts again, now seeds start growing. Frog comes running up the path. What is this noise, he asks. My seeds will not grow. Frog suggests that Toad is frightening the seeds to leave them alone for a few days. Still, that very night, Toad observed that the seeds are not beginning to grow, and he worries that they're afraid of the dark. He begins experimenting with reading stories and poems to the seeds, playing music to them. Still, the seeds do not grow. Eventually, Toad falls asleep for a while, and when he wakes up, he sees that his seeds have started to grow. Toad then replies to Frog that Frog was right. Growing a garden is a lot of hard work. As a parent and a children's ministry director, I've come to realize that children grow very quickly in size, in motor skills, cognitive skills, and their sense of humor, and in so many ways. If adults gained as much knowledge at the rate that children do in their first five years, we would be in no doubt overwhelmed. True? Everyone has heard the expression, patience is a virtue. Yet as common as the expression is, it is less common that we practice it ourselves. The reading of the garden offers the perfect opportunity to unpack the common saying, When Toad sees Frog's beautiful garden, he immediately wants one of his own. Determined to have a garden at least as beautiful as Frog, Toad wastes no time in getting started. Soon after planting the seeds, Toad becomes distraught by the fact that he still does not have the beautiful garden. Toad becomes very impatient, and he remains that way until he finally has a garden of his own, at which, at that time, he declares ironically, Growing a garden is hard work. Understanding the humor in this little punchline of the story offers a glimpse of an important physiological point about patience. 
and how having it can contribute to a good life. Perhaps more importantly, the story offers a friendly reminder how lacking patience can fill our lives with unnecessary anger and frustration. If we compare this process of growing garden like it was for frog and toad, then there's an underlining idea that emerges. Patience is an attribute we learn as we lead. We experience the impatient in those moments when we get ahead of ourselves, when we put the cart before the horse and it just doesn't work. And furthermore, what if the virtue of patience is taught through that of a mentor, someone who believes in you despite your shortcomings? Patience happens during the times when we want to get there, but God wants us to stay right here. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary of doing good. Paul encourages the Galatians to remain steadfast in committing themselves to God. He encourages them to continue to do good towards all despite the circumstances. God's promises to the believer is that we are not alone. He is always with us and he will bring us in his strength to endure what it is that is right and good. So I ask you this morning, what are your trying and frustrating circumstances? Do you need encouragement to remain steadfast, to do good because there's no immediate reward to be seen? And what does the Bible say about mentorship? Mentorship, of course, is also vital to the Christian discipleship. Jesus mentored 12, his own who were in the world to know him and through him to know the Father and to represent God's love in the world. He even reminded them, servants are not greater than their masters as he washed their feet. In Matthew 5, 6, Jesus declares, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. Interesting in this passage, the idea of blessed is not that you will be blessed if you do this, but rather, congratulations, this is how God made you. You were made to hunger and thirst. There is something in the Christian life that causes a believer to desire a greater depth to know Jesus more. While we can pursue God on our own, he made us for relationships, and he chooses to use the body of believers as means to encourage, challenge, and to press each other towards him. So what is a spiritual mentor? Mentoring today is a hot topic, especially in the business world. Typically, a mentor is someone that you talk to to seek advice and wisdom and insight based on their experience and expertise. Yet Christian mentoring or spiritual mentoring is more akin to the discipleship than a business apprenticeship. True Christian mentoring is the process of discipleship with the ever-increasing knowledge and love of God and his word. Mentoring typically occurs in one of two forms, naturally and planned. Natural mentoring comes from parents and teachers, friends, and genuinely the people who might be in your faith community. As a children's ministry director, I am constantly reminded that we had a lot of natural mentors when we were children. Parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, teachers and coaches. But as adults, we have to be in more intentional. 
about building our relationships. We have to work harder for those long-lasting relationships. We know this form of mentoring is experienced by all of us in one way or another. Mentors have two roles, one as an expert and the other as a role model. Mentors help someone learn new skills and knowledge. They help them with their self-esteem, their confidence. Mentoring process has three steps. One is investigate. A mentor begins with getting to know us to develop a relationship of trust. Relationships need to be built before anything else, and it is vital for the mentor to learn about the person's background, experience, and information about his or her own experiences by asking open-ended questions. So a mentor begins to get to know us and to develop this relationship of trust. Step two, they identify. By facing new challenges, by identifying and continuing to build upon this person's strength and goals, a mentor identifies there's, there's them. <laughs> Step three, a mentor challenges us to think outside the box. It allows us to come up with creative ways of thinking. If I was a business or a life mentor, the focus is often upon what the mentor can offer me through their wisdom and expertise. Discipleship is more about coming along with someone to help us understand God's word. And whose primary focus is to point us back to Jesus Christ, his wisdom as it's revealed in the Bible. You see this in the life of Jesus when he poured his life into his 12 apostles, as well as Paul when he discipled Paul and uh, Timothy and Silas. The focus for both Jesus and Paul was not merely to spend time with the individual, but to have discipleship, creating a lifelong hunger to grow and to become more like Christ, and also to disciple others, who in turn disciple others. And we need this return of strength in the modern church. We need godly men and women to disciple and mentor Men and women who will pour their lives into others and in turn will disciple others. As Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron. A mentor challenges you to plan, and we need one another to sharpen us for the greater effectiveness. So why do you need a spiritual mentor? One reason is mentors provide insight, information, and wisdom for our lives. A godly mentor is one who will offer life counsel, give outside perspective for decisions, offer fresh perspective, and will be a sounding board of that that you can bounce your own ideas off of. Remember, mentors provide insight. Also, they promote spiritual growth through discipleship. Christian mentors encourage you and continuously point you back to Jesus causing you to spiritually grow faster. They refuse to let you settle and coast. They ask difficult questions to force you to wrestle with the truth. Questions like, are you growing? Are you reading and studying God's word consistently? What are you learning? Are you spending time in prayer? How are your inward attitudes and motives changing? Are you the same person you were a year ago? Or are you becoming more like Christ? 
So mentors promote spiritual growth. They also preach truth lovingly. Christian mentors hold us accountable for godly living. They are willing to speak the truth for what we need to hear, not just what we want to listen to. So yes, they will say things we don't like at times, but it is done in love and when desire to see us grow in the love and knowledge of Jesus Christ. So mentors preach. They also practice what they preach to help you do the same. One reason that, we, reason that we often seek out a particular mentor is that they have proven consistency with their own Christian life. They have gained a grip on Christian living and they are walking in victory. And they can help us do the same. Now, mentors are not perfect, but they are maturing in faith, dependency, and surrendered life to Christ. So mentors provide insight, promote spiritual growth, they preach, and they practice. Now, how do you find a spiritual mentor? By seeking ongoing relationships. These are the friendships that are long-term in perspective. Whether they are there for three to six months, a year, or a decade, it is an ongoing discipling relationship with great blessing to have onto your life. Or you can seek a one-time opportunity. These mentoring opportunities that are usually a one-time deal, that is typically a time to ask specific questions to the individual that you either may or may not have another opportunity to get support from. For example, if you were engaged, it would be helpful to seek out older couples, couples who have been married in your church for 40 years, Schedule a time to talk with each couple. Find out about their marriage and their secrets to longevity. How did they serve one another in love after so many years? How did they keep Christ in the center of their relationship? What are the moments of failures and successes that you could give to have a successful marriage of your own? Also, now the next thing is to see who you could be a spiritual mentor to in your life. Who in your life needs your expertise, your wisdom, and your prayers? Ironically, you still have to be a lifelong learner to approach the opportunities to grow and learn as opportunities to enhance the gifts that you are able to lay at the Savior's feet. Remember, no matter whether you're a volunteer, paid, or part-time in your vocation, your calling to Christ is full-time. So give it your all. Could you be a spiritual mentor to someone? I can give you some suggestions where to start. Could you be a safe, fun, always learning a, a role model for our children here at Timberlake? Did you know that last month in June, we averaged 50 children on Sunday mornings? Last Sunday, was our largest children's check-in since 2020 with 75 children. Each Sunday right now, we need a minimum of four adults in our nursery and eight across the four classrooms that we have. If we had those same adults serve only once a month, we would need 48 adults monthly. Currently, we have 25. 
When I started children's ministry, I was just a parent who wanted to make sure that my children had the biblical understanding of God that I did not have myself yet. My own faith journey really only started with a few VBSs that I was invited to as a child and did not continue until I was getting married to a Christian who wanted his wedding, our wedding, at his family's church. I remember reading my Bible and compiling a long list of questions to ask our new friend, who was also the church's youth pastor. I sat there with my list that I thought that I had only discovered after reading only the first few chapters of Genesis. And this sweet friend sat there kindly answering each question with poise and patience. Afterwards, he invited me to help serve in the church's youth to help with my Bible learning, and to be a fun and safe adult in this growing ministry. Never would I have imagined that this would lead me where I am today, that his guidance and mentoring would be such a blessing to everyone here at Timberlake as well. It started off as just a volunteer of a few VBSs, helping out on Wednesday night programming, that then led to a very part-time job of four hours a week as a co-director. And through this continued growth here at Timberlake, I eventually stepped away from my career as a certified optician into the children's ministry director here full-time. I would never have imagined that I would be here at this very moment, that I would be even asked to give a sermon. I had to face anxiety and fear all through the virtue of patience by surrendering everything to God. Remember, God is doing the work and allowing us to come alongside him and lavish us with this eternal perspective of patience. Frog offers much to our story today. He is the essence of what it is to let go and let God. Growing a garden takes some work, but it also takes time. Whether one has patience or not, has a large impact on the quality of that person's life over the course of time. For example, frog and toad both planted seeds. They both watered them, perhaps even fertilized and weeded. But toad's inability to be patient with the process had him all upset and anxious and wasting his energy and all these fruitless efforts. This made the experience of gardening much less enjoyable for Toad than it could have been. So put yourself in frog's shoes. What seeds are you expecting to sprout? Where are you experiencing the patience of being out of control of time? In the end, Toad finally got his beautiful garden he wanted, but not without the encouragement and experience of a steadfast friend. Even though we cannot always envision what lies ahead of us, God can. God has placed us in our positions to believe in and implant his vision while trusting in his timing. And while we know it's not possible for us to get ahead of God, we still have these moments when our anxious hearts feel the need to make things happen. And in those moments, we remember that God's plan is always good. All things are good for his glory, not ours. God shows us that when we that God shows us that we are together with him in this mentoring marathon, that we are not in a chaotic sprint all alone. 
And if we allow God to lead us and we continue to stay patient in his timing, he will provide a way and lead us in the best direction each and every time. But I still have a lot of growing to do in the area of patience. Eight years ago, my husband, myself, and my mother-in-law decided it might be best to start planning for the future. We decided that perhaps we should eventually all move in together. At this point, my mother-in-law was a new widow, and my sister-in-law was declining in her multiple sclerosis, MS, and had to be moved into a nursing home. We started to dream up of this scenario where our children would be able to have their grandmother live with them as they grew up. And we placed the property for sale, and we prayed that God would open the door. And years went by without ever even an offer or contract. My mother-in-law experienced a pandemic alone while she was separated without seeing her daughter um, in the nursing home for almost an entire year. Then the summer came. We got our first and only offer to date on her property. And now we have, accept, we have accepted that and are now entering the new stage of patience as we look for a house in the same school district as our children and making competitive offers and praying for the best. And it is hard. It is so hard. And our children are watching us and seeing our faithfulness and trusting a God that doesn't operate on our timeline of hopes and dreams. Our Father wants that for us for us to be completely secure by trusting him. He longs for us to be fully satisfied in his will. Will we choose to trust him? He is so faithful, more faithful than you and I will ever fully know. The immense depth of his love is bottomless. Proverbs 25 says, it is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. Will you search out the depths of God's love today? Will you make room in your heart as much possible for God to come and dwell? Will you choose your life so that you may find it in him? The road is narrow, and it will take work. It will take sacrifice. It might just take everything. But what we will gain will be immeasurable more in return. A few weeks ago, Pastor Brad shared Isaiah 6-8. I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Isaiah prayed such a prayer of unreserved availability in the presence of God. The Old Testament prophet retells his counter with the Holy One. When God asked whom shall I send? Whom will go for us? And without knowing the details, without knowing the when or where, Isaiah prayed the stunning, life-altering prayer. Here I am. I am not asking for the details. I do not need to know the benefits, if it'll be easy or if I'll even enjoy it. But because of who you are, my God, my King, my Savior, I trust you because you are sovereign over the universe. 
I surrender my will to you, every part of me. Take my mind, my eyes, my mouth, my ears, my heart, my hands, my feet. Guide me through your will. I trust you, God. My answer is yes. Now, what was the question? Imagine if we prayed that way. Let us pray. Father God, you are the God who gives so freely of yourself and never expects anything in return. Lord, create in me a heart of patience that gives like you do. Help me place your desire to be magnified in a world above my own selfish desires to be comfortable. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.